When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Through this week-long spring preview, I've gone through the starting rotation, the bullpen, the potential lineup, the potential prospects who might be coming along, and I've got something very different for you to round this out. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer... Daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Baseball, overall, is going to be in a very, very different place, beginning with the very first Grapefruit and Cactus League games because of new rules. And you and I can discuss them, we can debate them, but until we see them in motion... It's really hard to get a feel for them. And let's not pretend we were all watching the minor league test projects that have been going on for a few years right now. For anyone who doesn't know, I'll sum these up in brief. There will be a pitch clock. That means 30 seconds between batters, 15 seconds between pitches if the bases are empty, 20 seconds between pitches if there's runners on base. And hey, this applies to batters too. You got to be in the box and alert to the pitcher. That's how they're phrasing it. By the time that pitch clock hits eight seconds or you're charged with an automatic strike. My man, the mayor, Sean Casey, would have been out with every plate appearance he ever had. And believe you me, he'd laugh and agree with that assessment himself. The pitcher can't make more than two disengagements. That means either a step off the rubber or a pickoff attempt. After that, runner can go. Like the runner can just go without worrying about a pickoff. If the pitcher happens to make a third pickoff attempt, the runner's automatically awarded another base if that pickoff attempt isn't successful. Am I confusing you yet? No, but wait. There's so much of this. There's stuff that's related to those five allotted mound visits. There are situations in which the umpires might provide extra time if it's warranted by certain circumstances. Like, let's say, for example, a catcher got thrown out on the base paths to end the previous half inning, and he needed some time to put on his catching gear. There's a lot There's a lot that's going into this part alone, and it's going to be a really, really big deal right away, right away. Mark my words, very first game, very first spring game. This is all you're going to hear about. It's not going to be who pitched great, who hit great, whatever. It's going to be about this stuff. Now, the banning of the shift, as at least most people are terming it, is going to 
come into play too. I just don't think it's going to feel as awkward because it's going to be a return to baseball as we pretty much knew it as of about just 10 years ago. The infielders have to stay on either side of second base. They can't switch sides. Like, let's say Derek Shelton wanted to put this is crazy, but if he wanted to put Kebrian Hayes over at second base just because he's a superior defender and they really, really needed an out and they were going to be pitching the guy that way, can't do it. Uh, outfielders can't come into the infield. Infielders can't go into the outfield. That's aimed at creating more offense. So are the bigger bases. In a normal winter, this would be the biggest number one subject matter, you know? Bigger bases. For the first time in like 120 years, bases are going from 15 inches as a square to 18 inches as a square. Not home plate, just first, second, and third. And the idea there is to create some additional safety so you don't have collisions at first. But also, also, that extra three-inch advantage is going to take some calls that are super, super close and give them to the runner. They're also going to make stealing second and third three inches closer. And when you add that into the other stuff that I mentioned about pickoffs and step-offs and everything else, you might see the stolen base return to the game. And won't that be a wonderful thing? I mean, I'm not generally a the nostalgic type like in sports or in life, but the idea of baseball not involving the bases has been pretty silly. Home runs, strikeouts, and walks. Home runs, strikeouts, and walks. How do the Pirates potentially benefit from these things? Again, we've got to see it. We've got to see it in play. I can envision a scenario in which G1 Bay, who might not even make the team, could also end up being an impact everyday guy because he puts the ball in play. He sprays it. It's got a little bit of Freddie Sanchez to him. He's got some pop, but he's mostly a line drive guy. And then when he gets on, dude flies. The dude can steal. And that was under the previous rules. Can it make O'Neill Cruz that much more multifaceted and dangerous with his seeming effortlessness when he steals bases? Could we once and for all... Speaking of not being nostalgic by nature, get rid of the bunt because you don't need a bunt to advance somebody 90 feet if they have even just average speed and know what they're doing on the base pass. The game is about to change. It will not be instantaneous. These things never are in sports. It takes time, not just for the players, the existing players, to adjust to the rules existing managers and coaches and instructors. But it also takes time for, you know, the personnel to change. Because that's ultimately what happens. If you're a slow guy in this environment and all you did was homer, strike out, or walk, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because things are about to get a little bit different, and you're going to be replaced. And we won't be able to judge the full effect of all of this until we see the players come in who replace them and how that changes the game. 
Not going to lie. I say so many uh, critical things about Rob Manford, about baseball as a whole. I am legitimately excited about this. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Philip, who's responding to a discussion I had earlier in the week about protecting or not protecting the back end of the bullpen. I suggested that Shelton can do a better job of making sure, for example, that David Bednar makes it through the full season at full impact, Uh, that the same would go for Will Crow, who was so wonderful for about half the season and then just fell off a cliff. And Phillips says, listen, everyone's played sports at some level, right? Everyone's gotten hurt. It really messed things up. Yeah, I thought so. Treat an ace reliever like fine crystal, meaning when you need it, Bring it out and use it. I enjoy the Daily Shot of Pirates every day. I'm excited to see the Pirates play baseball this year, and thanks for what you do. Thanks for the nice words there, Philip. This is going to end up being a running theme, I think, for as long as this show exists, and that's that times are different. Awareness is different. The information that's available is different. Managers have to protect pitchers. If they don't, then they're flying in the face of known information, not to mention the direct orders of their bosses. This is no longer a thing that's a point of let's have a fun bar argument over whether or not pitchers are babied or whether or not they're not toughened up enough or... How did Nolan Ryan end up throwing all those no-hitters uh, even into his 40s and running up pitch counts of 150,000 or whatever the legends have raised that to? And my favorite is the one that pitchers never used to get hurt. They were all just iron men who could uh, win 30 games and uh, throw as many innings as Harvey Haddix did. And, you know, it, it's all... It's all silliness. It's been silliness throughout, except again, now it's known. For everyone who cites Ryan as the example, and I mean, he's the greatest example you can cite, but those are always outliers. He retired at age 30. Age 30 because of what was described at the time as chronic arthritis in his left arm. Who knows what it actually was? Who knows what modern medicine would diagnose it as? But he ran out of steam. The arm got hurt. 
Everyone, maybe other than Ryan, who pitched was human. The official, according to Baseball Advanced Analytics, greatest pitcher of all time was Walter Big Train Johnson, primarily of Washington Senators fame. If you know about the Pirates' victory in 1925 over the Senators and over Johnson, you will know in detail, in great detail, that the Pirates were aware that he was being worn down. They were conscious of it. And when he went out to the mound for Game 7 at Forbes Field, he had not a thing left. And the Pirates won that game. It's actually an amazing story. If you're not familiar with Game 7 of 1925 and you follow this franchise, you're making a big, big, big mistake. Find out. But why did that happen? How could that happen to Johnson, of all people? He was human. These people are human. Dave Littlefield, when he was the Pirates general manager, now many years ago, once told me something. Now, right here in Anaheim, as a matter of fact, I'm in Anaheim to cover hockey. And it was at a Pirates-Angels game here at the Big A. And Sunday before the game, and we were just talking in general about pitching, pitching injuries, uh, awareness of pitch counts back when that was really starting to become a thing. And what he said, and again, I've, this is really, really stuck with me, was that in pitching, the human body is doing something that it was never meant to do, meaning throwing overhand. And he illustrated that right in front of me, raising his arm way over his head. He said, the shoulder muscles aren't meant to do this. The elbow is not meant to withstand this type of stress. If we were to do this for, you know, another uh, hundred thousand years and our ability to catch animals and eat food would depend on it, we would probably develop those shoulder muscles and we would have stronger elbow ligaments because the weaker among us in that regard would die off. But baseball's not a survival tool. And as a result, we haven't progressed in this area very much at all. The one and only thing that the medical people agree on is that you've got to limit it. You've got to limit it. You can't do it into infinity. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates today, all week long. And here we go. Five more days, right? It's five more days till pitchers and catchers. Let's do this again Monday. Mm-hmm.